Salutation listeners, film fanatics, you true believers, you film freaks and moviegoers. Welcome to Film Fan. My name is Caleb Fortenberry, a.k.a. Baby Boy Bomb, Bitty Bitty Bum Bum, Let's Play Ball, and I will be your host today for this podcast and the many to come. Keep in mind, while listening, I am not a professional film critic, nor do I pretend to be one. I'm just a normal guy doing reviews of movies. All right, we got an awesome show for you guys. Coming up, we have our special guest, Movie of the Week, Top 3, We View Previews, and Cinema Trivia. Be warned, the podcast you're about to hear has spoilers. But first, a word from our sponsor. I would like to welcome our special guest. Joining me today from Dallas, Texas, is movie novelist, film critic, and very well-dressed Ryan Madlack. Thank going, you so Ryan? much for having me. <laughs> I'm excited to be here, and it's a little creepy that you know what I'm wearing, but I'll get over it. Yeah, it's okay. No, yeah. <laughs> so I got a few questions for you since you're the first time you're on the show. Sure. Um, got to let everybody know what you're about, how you got here. So here's just a few questions, so just try to answer them as honestly as possible, okay? Sure. Where did you get your love for movies? So it's pretty easy. I grew up in California. Uh, I lived there about 12 years. And while, while I was there, one of the earliest memories I can, I, I have of ever going to a theater was the, uh, the, they had a anniversary re-release of the Wizard of Oz and I'd never been to the theater before. And I was about, I was, I think I was about six years old and my father took me, uh, I think my mom and sister had somewhere else to be that day for whatever reason, but we walked in and I was just assaulted by all the, you know, those beautiful, greasy smells you're met with when you, when you walk into a theater. Right. Popcorn. And yeah. Yeah. Popcorn <laughs> and sticky floors and all that good stuff. Yeah. And vomit and, from the bathrooms. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that too, depending on how bad the movies were. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so we're standing in line for this and I'm just drinking in all the sights and smells and my father, my dad, sweet talks the a projectionist who's running the, the showing for this. He says, my son's never been here. And he sweet talks this guy into letting us into the projection room. And I'll never forget this. As long as I live, I remember the posters on the back doors. Uh, they had uh, the Bugs Life. It was, a, it was a poster for the Bugs Life. It wasn't even out yet. So this guy, this dear gentleman, walks us through, and I get to look at all of the, the, the things that run the movie, the reels. And um, he says, hey, I got something for you before you leave. And he gives us a reel for Ants, A-N-T-Z, which is that DreamWorks, right. that DreamWorks film that came out right around the same time as Bugs Life. Yeah. And we got to take that home. And I actually still have it in my attic. So, so from a very young age, like I was, I was just into it. It was, and of course, The Wizard of Oz, I mean, what a way to start. It, it was just, it was, it was something else. I was transported out of that seat into the world of, of, of color and witches and munchkins. And, and I just, that, that really <laughs> deeply affected me. And yeah. I've always, always been into it pretty much since then. Well, that's a pretty cool story, man. Like, I, I wish I had something that neat. I've just always liked them, but that's, that's awesome. So I imagine that that reel is worth something now. Have you looked into that? See how much that would cost? Like, I, I have sell it. Uh, I mean, it's in my, it's in my attic and it's hot where I live. So the uh, the motivation to get up there has to be has to be pretty high. But oh, okay. part of me part of me part of me doesn't want to put a price on it either. It's kind of I don't know. I, I would I would hate to give it away because yeah. of what it represents. But I don't know. I'll have to look into that. 
right, a, right. It's a good hey, point. Yeah, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. It sounds like something that would be worth something, but you know, it, you know, whatever. Uh, so, all right, next question. What is your favorite genre? Since you, we've kind of talked about uh, it, me and you in the past talked about the different genres that you like. But what is your favorite? I, 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 it's probably what we're gonna be talking about today. I have to say, it is it is film noir. Uh, I, I've been saying talk that about wrong that <laughs> as a as a genre. Yes, it's not no ear. It's it's uh, it's film noir. Well, um, I, that's probably I, my favorite genre. I, yeah, I call. I've been saying film noir. Nor, but that makes it sounds cooler the way you say it. So I well, and, uh, and here here's here's that here's that pretentious side. I told you I was worried about before we started here today. I it, <laughs> it, that's it, it is French. Uh, it is yep. it, that's where it started. But um, that's my favorite genre. I'm into. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind cut and dry black and white uh, stories, but I really appreciate a flawed protagonist and uh, stakes that feel human. And film noir just has that in spades. And yeah. so that's my favorite genre. I don't get to watch as much of it as I'd like, partly because a lot of streaming services and stuff today, unfortunately, are geared more towards modern stuff. And True. I don't get to dive back into the 40s and 50s nearly as much as I'd like, but definitely my favorite genre. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can definitely find a lot of those, those that genre of movies in, uh, like, the dollar store or Walmart and, like, mm-hmm. the $5, you know what I mean? Um, so it's definitely uh, out blockbuster. There. Oh wait, we're not in the '90s anymore. I'm That's sorry. True. Yeah, my mistake. Movie gallery, blockbuster, family video. I think I've got one of those near me. Yeah, I forgot all about those, man. I haven't seen those in years. Like the, it's funny because there was a a, a blockbuster that got turned into a movie gallery back home, and then you know Redbox came out, and then mm-hmm. Netflix came out. Well, I think Netflix actually came out what the early '90s, I think. Doing the Something same, like, like that. Well, yeah. I think it was early. It was early two thousands. I started to hear about it. Um, right, right. But, but it wasn't. It wasn't a streaming service at the time. It was. No, they, sir. they mailed you the the movies. Right. Yeah. So once that all started happening, and Redbox came out, like everything completely changed. And then the streaming platforms came up, and and then original yeah. content was a thing. I mean, it, it, originally the streaming service was just kind of a way for you to watch other people's stuff, and then uh, I right. believe. I believe Netflix came out with House of Cards, and that just exploded. Everyone was into it. Uh, yeah. And now we are where we are, where I, I think what they're calling the era we're in right now is called peak TV. So, yeah. So hmm. you kind of have to go to the physical means like Netflix's discs in order to, right, to get like, a sampling of at least early noir. Yeah, that's true. True, 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 true. Okay, man. Well, uh, what is the last movie you watched, and uh, what did you think of it? Now, let's not go. Don't go into super detail. I just want just want to know what, oh, sure. what was the last thing you thought about. Yeah, so. um, I actually went a little bit outside my wheelhouse recently. Uh, I I'd heard it was great, but I recently watched my last movie. I, I sat through was um, as good as it gets with Jack Nicholson, Helen Hunt, uh, Greg Kinnear, and I believe uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s in it for roughly <laughs> 20 what? minutes okay uh it was utterly and completely fantastic i loved it and i was it's kind of it's a romantic dramedy which is not m- my usual cup of tea but it yeah. was i walked away raving about it and uh, i mean it's jack nicholson the guy yeah. the guy could read the phone book and it would look interesting and riveting so uh, i just thought it was fantastic and i highly highly recommend it hmm. um 
for even those of you who don't like romantic comedies. I, I really had a good time. I laughed a lot. So definitely put that one on your list. Am I wrong here, but doesn't he have cancer or something like that, the main character? In the in the film? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he's Jack Nicholson uh, suffers. He's he's a uh, he's a romance author who stays inside because he has uh, OCD. I knew there was something. OCD. I mean, yeah, I, and I he's got zero filter. <laughs> he's got zero filter in terms of what he says and who right. he says it to. And uh, so, long story short, he falls for a waitress at a at a restaurant at which he works, and she basically kind of draws him out of his shell hmm. and and it's 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 amazing because the performances make it seem like it could actually work jack nicholson just comes across as creepy just in whatever he does right but even even here it, it was just i don't know i was really touched i, I really really appreciated it a lot okay well i couldn't be more excited that you're able to join me on the show ryan so let's get this ball rolling starting with the second best part of the show movie of the week so, Movie of the Week is a slice of the podcast where me and my guests watch a movie during the week, try to keep an open mind about it, and just talk about it. And the Movie of the Week is... Road to Perdition. See, and I, I keep saying that the name wrong, because the Perdition is the town that they're heading to, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I keep, <laughs> I keep messing that up. I don't know why I keep saying Perdition, and I'm like... Partition, <laughs> right? Awesome. Like, why did I say that? I don't know. That's awesome. And when I watched the movie, it was kind of funny because that was like he said, "We're gonna head to Perdition to the town or whatever." I was like, "Oh, I get it now." <laughs> oh, that's how you say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this movie was directed by Sam Mendes. He's known for Skyfall, American Beauty, and Jarhead. Uh, it was released in two thousand two. Uh, it's a noir movie. No- noir, noir, noir. How you say noir. it? Noir. 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 Think of it like you're putting <laughs> no the words. You, 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 so so think of it so think of it like this. Think of it like you're saying the al- alphabet and there's a letter missing and it's it's the R. It's no R, but you just say it noir. Oh, like no R. Okay. Noir. So let's get a quick synopsis here of what goes on. A mob enforcer's son witnesses a murder, forcing him and his father to take to the road, and his father goes down a path of redemption and revenge. So, yeah, this is just the review portion of it. So what did you think of the movie? Like, we're, we're going to go kind of over some of the, the top questions that I normally ask everybody. Like, overall, what did you think about this movie? I think this is one of the most criminally underrated and under-publicized uh, gangster classics out there. And when I say gangster, it is film noir. It definitely has the hallmarks of that, and we can talk about that later. Because diving a little bit into the history of noir, I think, is, is uh, essential in understanding how it came to be about and, mm-hmm. and, and how it influences film. But uh, when you look at the pure richness, I, and I think, that, I think that's a, a proper term for this film, the richness in every frame. There's a, there's a term in design, uh, there was an intro in design class I took years ago in college. Something really stuck with me. When you're, when you're designing a logo... You have to aim for something called propositional density. So you want there to be a depth to your image. You want there to be a story that it tells, essentially, very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Every frame of this film is propositionally dense in that way. And it, it oozes atmosphere, so you have the, the camera work is just exquisite. 
you have Sam Mendes behind the camera, so the the it, it the way he navigates space in this film is off the charts. And then you add on top of that, you've got some of the greatest actors that we've in in, in my generation and the previous couple generations. Um, you've got folks like Tom Hanks, right, and uh, Paul Newman's last live action performance, and Jude Law, and of course Daniel Craig in a role that is yep. just totally opposite of what he usually plays and then to cap all that off you get james newton howard doing the soundtrack and or excuse me not james newton howard i apologize it's thomas newman uh and it's just it's a it's a feast for the senses i'll put it that way Mm -hmm. um so i i love it it's one of my dearly beloved favorites i personally would rank it up near the godfather for for quality okay (laughs) all right well, all right, so for me, uh, I just kind of realized this, but Skyfall, you know, being James Bond, mm-hmm. and, and you talked about um, the actor that plays James Bond, he directed Skyfall, you know, you know, the director from Skyfall directed this, and James Bond is both characters, so, you know, he's in this and he's in the other movie, so I, I like making those connections, I don't know, it's just like, it's kind of cool to me to see little pieces, you know, because that was obviously filmed way before Skyfall. And Absolutely. then it come back full circle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I appreciate that too. Very <laughs> yeah. much. Uh, and I don't know if it's just because they come, become friends or coincidence or whatever, but I like to think it's because they all became friends. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just no, really no. like working with that person. Oh, warm fuzzies. Yeah, I know, right? All right. Question number two. What was your favorite scene in the movie? This is a tough one uh, because, as I said, each each frame is is just is an art piece due to due to the cinematography and the, the camera work. Um, I'd have to say, hands down. So there's a scene. Obviously, we're going to issue a little bit of a spoiler warning here. We are going into a deep dive. I'm assuming. So oh yeah, yeah. I will have to spoil something for your listeners. It, it's Caleb. a pretty old movie, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh good. Yeah. It's not. It's not like. Uh, it's not like Avengers Endgame or anything. We're not right, going to cause right. anybody to burn our houses down. Um, <laughs> the scene after Daniel Craig's character, um, he's playing uh, Paul Newman's son, uh, Rooney, Rooney's son, uh, murders the, the mother and the, the, his brother, thinking he's Michael. So he walks out and leaves, and then, of course, Tom Hanks or Michael Sullivan shows up too late and sits there devastated, and can't just can't t- almost just can't compute for him what's just happened. So they leave, and as they leave, he says the line, uh, "This is not, this is not, a, this is not your home anymore. It's just an empty building." And as they drive away, Mendez lingers for just a moment on Michael's bike lying in the snow as oh. they drive away, and the headlights recede. And it's like, it, it's as if Rooney's son has utterly and completely destroyed Michael's innocence, and huh. all the light is is gone to be replaced with nothing but ice and shadow. And so that is, it was, for me personally, that was the most affecting scene slash shot composition in, in the entire film. Just utterly devastating. Hmm. You know, well, so for me, it was the, the very end or close to the very end. I liked, so two things that I liked about it. Um, I liked that he used wide shots, which is most people don't do, and he did a very good job of that, like in the rooms, um, mm-hmm. when the, the camera guy was setting up, you know, uh, what's his name? 
Maguire. What's the actor's name? <laughs> oh, Jude Law. Jude, Jude Law. Law. Thank yeah. you. I was like Paul. Paul. Why was I thinking Paul? I don't know. Jude Law. Yeah. So Jude Law is, you know, he's the camera dude that's a photographer that works all over the place. He's also a hitman, and he is setting up the camera like this real old school looking one, and you get that little pop up real quick, you know, whenever he you can see the image that he's about to take. And uh, I don't know why I like that. Some there was something stylistic about it that just like really. I don't know. Maybe it was like the quickness of the pop of the camera. I don't know. But so I was this it. The, was this a scene? Was this a scene at the at the very end? Uh, where yes. okay, where he tracks down yes. because there's that other scene in the diner too where he's putting together his camera. Yeah, that that wasn't. I mean, that it didn't speak to me. I think it was just that was just more of a the story that wasn't yeah, as much. Exactly. You know what I mean? But it's kind of like um, the Departed. And I know you've never seen it, but. Sorry, that's like a huge spoiler. If I have seen to... the final shot. Like, okay. it's, it's an iconic final shot. Right, yeah. so where Leonardo DiCaprio gets shot in the head. Yeah. Leo Do you bites know it. it. Did, did you know that? <laughs> I did. It, it, okay. I'm okay. not, I'm not, and this is, this is just a personal admission on my part. I haven't seen a whole, uh, I haven't seen a great slice of, of Scorsese's films. Not because he's not a good director, not because his performances that he draws out of his actors are bad, and not because they're not well made, but uh, some of the, yeah, some of the content is a little outside my purview. But um, no, the, I've heard that I've heard The Departed is 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 an epic. Highly um, recommended. I highly yes. recommend it just because I mean, there's a lot of great actors in there, and the the storyline. Like, if you didn't know what the storyline was about you would be just like, oh, this is awesome, you know, especially that shock factor at the end. So uh, what I was getting at is that it's comparable to that movie and where Tom Hanks gets shot in the back. And I was waiting on it, you know, I was like, all right, this is too perfect. It's not going to end like this. It hadn't faded out already. It's been like four minutes. We're waiting on them at the beach. He's about to get shot in the back because Jew Law didn't die. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, come on, come on. So he shot him. And then that, I like that scene a lot for some reason. I don't know. Cause there was that no, shock it's factor exquisite. Still. And I think one of the things that really, I, I think one of the things that really got me about that scene and I, I didn't see it coming for whatever reason. I, cause I, I watched that when I, I watched this movie when I was fairly young, this was probably one of the first rated R films I was able to watch all the way through. And for me as a, as the age that I saw it the first time, yeah, the, the, the set design, the the pure white of everything, and that splash of red on the wall, mm-hmm. is is just haunting. Something else to take note of in that scene, and and I had to do some research on this later, but uh, there's a common motif in Road to Perdition about water and water's association with death. Uh, if you recall that scene at the beginning of the film where they go to the wake, and Michael's kind of there's he's supposed to be praying, but he's kind of looking at the body askance. And the, you hear the drip of water. Right. So there's that uh, when Rooney murders McGovern uh, in the in the warehouse that that Michael witnesses. It's raining outside. Hmm. When the shoot when the climactic shootout happens, it's in the rain. When Daniel Craig's character is shot, he's yeah, in, the in the bathtub. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this. And the reason the reason that was the that was the case and that 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 scene at the end and part of the reason I'm so glad that's one of your favorite scenes because I thought it was great was the waves uh, yeah, sound of just, the <laughs> waves are there that makes and sense. it's like peace and then 
you know boom yeah death steps back in so that's interesting yeah. that's a that's a cool cool concept that you look i like i like when people point that kind of stuff out to me um when me and brady uh clayton were talking about baby driver uh that was great something film. yeah yeah great absolutely there was a lot of stuff like that in there just like this movie that there's absolutely. like these common themes throughout the movie and what what you're talking about that is so cool i'm glad that you brought that up um, just again, brilliant minds. That's what happens when you get brilliant minds behind right. the camera. I mean, I, right. I would never imagine having that kind of, uh, audio depth. It's just, it's exquisite. I love it. So something that I liked about it that, um, not a lot of people do like it's the style of transitions and mm-hmm. you know, a lot, obviously there's a lot of cut transitions. Most movies, I almost all movies are that way, but um, the long uh, fade ins, fade outs, and crossfades, you know, that is like classic 50s film. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. And I don't know, I can't remember, did this music have like a lot of brass in it? It did. So the, the, uh, Thomas Newton's uh, score channels, obviously, you've got kind of the bagpipe sound, which is commonly scottish which is weird it's, i was it's, thinking that it's... it was strangely placed in this movie and i'm not saying that it was bad i just i was thinking that when i was watching it i was like this seems like it would be like really good on you know a mel gibson movie <laughs> right right yeah uh something that starts with brave and ends with heart right right right, right. yeah so <laughs> that put me off a little bit too and and um and then i went and read and 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 surprisingly so so I thought it was like a bagpipe, and it kind of is, but apparently the the it's a different kind of sound that the Irish adopted later. Hmm. Anyway, the, it, it had historical precedent, but it was a little odd for me. But yeah. uh, you're definitely right in pointing out the brass because there are some classic tunes from the 40s right. uh, placed in there, and that's actually a hallmark of Thomas Newman's scores. If you listen to things like Cinderella Man, for example, with Russell Crowe. Oh, phenomenal, phenomenal boxing film and all around film. Um, he does the same thing. But yeah, I was kind of like you. The first time I saw it, I, I was like, these are Irish people, right? Why, why are we, why do we have bagpipes? But um, well, I mean, just going with that whole theme of noir, 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 noir. <laughs> You'll get it by the I'll end of the podcast. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get it out of you. We'll <laughs> by the end of it. You're right. Right. So. Uh, Going along with that theme, though, you know, it's like the private investigator and all the flashbacks and I killed my partner, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like that style, gangster style, and it was really closer to the 50s that that whole style of film came out, but you had that brass was really popular back then, so... I was expecting that for this movie, but I'm kind of glad they didn't because it kept my interest and didn't really turn me off to the whole noir. It fit, it fit the moodiness of the film, if not the time period. If is that kind of what you're? Yes. Is that yeah. kind of what you're aiming yeah. for? Yeah. Yeah. It 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 almost they almost had to sacrifice time period appropriateness mm-hmm. in order to approximate the what you were seeing. It was it was very much a the high watermark for me in terms of soundtracks reflecting what you're seeing. Two examples I always go to immediately are Hans Zimmer's Inception score and Howard Shore's Lord of the Rings. And for me, again, feast for the eyes and the ears. I was what I was hearing, even though it did slightly take me out of the experience a little bit due to the what I viewed as anachronistic with the with the bagpipes and everything. It just it somehow flowed. So, Hmm. 
Yeah, no, but great, great point on the brass. I didn't think about that. I think that's probably that that might have been one way they could have improved it. Right. So, and that actually brings me to my last question: What do you think they could have changed or done to make the movie better? Obviously, this is a, a favorite of yours, but oh. there's always got to be something that would make it better. There is no as as much as I, and I'm arguing with my friends all the time. As much <laughs> as there there might be a 9.9 out of 10 film out there, but there is no perfect film. Every right. film has issues because Citizen in the end, King. art is well. In the <laughs> end, in the end, art is subjective. Right. Uh, there are certain rules that you can break and that you can follow, but in the end, everyone does have personal preference, and that personal right. preference will tarnish you know certain experiences um when it comes to this i i have a really difficult time ascertaining exactly what they could have done to make it better but i have two two things they probably could have done uh besides the the soundtrack improvements that you mentioned um one is there's actually a fantastic deleted scene uh that the filmmakers explained would have detracted from the characters of the film and disrupted the flow of the narrative. But I actually really appreciate it. Uh, there's an actor, there's a character actor named Anthony LaPaglia. Uh, and he's been, he's been, he's, he's one of those faces that you'll see in things and you won't know where you've seen him, but you've seen him in a million things. Right. Like Sam Rockwell. <laughs> yeah. Sam Rockwell or someone like a, uh, like a Paul Giamatti or yeah, he'll point and go, I know that face. Where have I seen him? Yeah. Right. Yeah. He and was in this other movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then you rush to you know, IMDb and pause the movie and annoy your family because you're searching. Ask me how I know. Uh, 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 yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, so Anthony LaPaglia actually plays Al Capone in a scene where uh, Frank Nitti, played by Stanley Tucci, and, and speaking of character actors, what a what a phenomenal small performance out of Stanley Tucci. I mean, my goodness. So he was in, was it just the deleted scene that he was in? Uh, yeah, so he was so Capone is mentioned th- a couple of times in the right, film, right, right. but uh, in the deleted scene, uh, he is talking to Frank Nitti, and I believe there's another gentleman in the room who's famous historically, and he's basically griping about the fact that that he's having his money stolen. So they got that across other ways. They had other, uh, they had that one bank teller tell him basically we don't have any money anymore because. They got onto your. They've 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 caught onto your plan, but I really appreciated it. It, it. it made the protagonist Sullivan feel like he had more power in the sense that you hear about Capone, but actually seeing him being affected by Sullivan's actions, I think I think that would have improved. Right. Um, at least kind of almost the mythical status of the protagonist, and he kind of had that already, and that's something that that comes across very clearly in the comics that this is based on. Yeah. Um, so oh, I would have appreciated to mention that. that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. This is actually a comic book movie. Yeah. Um, uh, quick, quick detour. It's actually a DC comic. Uh, it was published under uh, by Max Allen Collins under what's called their. I, I'm not familiar with this. I'm not a big comic book historian, but uh, nah, it's called okay. Paradox Press, and they. It's like Vertigo. It's it's kind of a sub. Um, property of dc so yeah it is a comic book film wow um, now i've hated so much more <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not, hey, no, i know it's dc I'm all right kidding. let's keep her oh, dc kidding. and marvel we're gonna keep that tour 
to ourselves. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. No, just, <laughs> I try to avoid talking about all that, like what I do. Oh, like, I know. Because, like, I mean, you know, I, got, it's, I, I like the new Batman, okay? I'm just going to say it. I'm just, I know. You know what? Right? Here's That's the thing. Just me. I'm a sucker for superheroes. It doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> I'll go. Well, I'll, I, I beg to differ on that one. Okay. Some I, of them I, suck. That Agreed. But, but I'll still go see them. Look, I paid $8 to go see the Fantastic Four reboot. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. You You're talk mental. about... you talk. Uh, that would be putting it lightly. That was yeah. a that was a masochistic exercise, let me tell you. Yeah, Oof. I can't believe you did that. Well, I went to see Captain Marvel for Endgame and to prep for Endgame, if that makes any difference. I did the same thing, and I... Wish I would have just gone ahead and read Wikipedia because that would have been more interesting than that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Same. Totally agree. Oh, man. So many people are not going to listen to this podcast ever again. I know. So, all right, we're going to rate this movie. <laughs> we're getting way off track. So, we're going to rate I this know. movie. Okay, I from know. Wolf, I apologize. A one out of ten. One, one out of ten? One to ten. <laughs> a scale. What would you rate this movie? Well, if I'm allowed, uh, am I allowed decimal points? Sure, but it has to be only in. Point fives. Point five increments. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it. Uh, this is this film is like a fine wine. It, it is. <laughs> I, I I actually used to give it a lower score, but over time, as I've grown up, uh, it means even more than when I started. Uh, the themes of fathers and sons and, and yep. stuff. So, I I would have to say I, this is gonna sound abnormally high, but Road to Perdition. I do. I, I stick in the, my kind of. I wouldn't call it a treasure box, but I, I, I stick it in a group of a very small group of films that I have to watch every once in a while just because they're so magnetically awesome. Right. Uh, so I would I would say I, I'd rate it a 9.5 out of 10 for wow. me. Wow, that's pretty high, man. That's a pretty high one. Uh, for me, I would definitely... So going back to what you said, the, the theme, the ultimate theme of... Um, fathers and their sons and you know the love of a father for a son so you got the bad guy can't remember his name uh, but you know the main dude he's not he's not the main bad guy he's not who's they're trying to kill but he won't give up his son you know what I mean for Tom Hanks to kill him and uh, that was awesome to me he was like I don't care like I'm, I'm not gonna let you kill him he's my son it doesn't sons make a were, difference sons were that and of course that, that, that growly that growly voice Paul Newman has. Uh, what does he say? He says, uh, uh, "Boy, sons were put on this earth to punish their fathers." I think, <laughs> and, and it's funny. like it, their whole attitude is so different. It, it, Sullivan, Sullivan's like, "I have hope for my son, and that's what I'm right. fighting for." Right, and he's like, "I don't have any hope for my son, but he's my son, so I'm going to stick up for him." Right, and the the overall idea, I guess, is that. To me, is that it is a father's love for his son. You know, nothing can take yes. away from that, regardless. So, yes. uh, from all aspects of it, that was awesome. Um, the style, I think you have to like the style of the film to to like the film personally. Uh, is not the story or anything like that, but I mean, just an overall enjoyment. Um, I do. I, I do like those uh, to an extent, but it's got to be one of those days where I really don't have anything else I want to watch. I you understand. I mean? It's it's definitely more noir films are, it's particularly the old ones. Okay, so newer right. ones, if you want, and we can talk a little bit about genre later if you'd like, but 
um, you know, something like John Wick actually is it's what's considered neo noir kind of a fusion yes. of of the I old was and the new. Into that. <laughs> that, that's a lot, which is phenomenal films, by the way. Yeah. In terms of minimalist storytelling, um, those are a lot easier to watch. The old ones from the '40s and '50s. You gotta get the good ones. That's the thing. There were so many noir films <laughs> soaked in that that post war cynicism yeah. that A, it gets really depressing really fast. And B, it is, it is all um I think the word I'm looking for here is overwrought in its in its delivery. Um but yeah, perdition is definitely it's not a, it's not what I would call uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's not what I would call an action packed film. Uh, no, I don't think it would be an action-packed film. I, I don't think so. I think a lot of it is mostly just, like, it being a darker story, uh, you know, and it's complex, um, and that's, that's pretty much it, you know? Like, it's got, it's a very specific style, and I'll kind of talk about it whenever we go over the top three, but, yeah, uh, couldn't agree more with you there. So, I think that I'm gonna rate it of probably a 5 out of 10. And I, I, I pro, I pro, I've only seen it once, okay? So that's why I'm giving it only half. So I need to watch it again, and I think I need to watch it with somebody um, just to kind of gauge their reaction of it too. But, and, and you know, you always pick up on things when you're talking to, like, your spouse. So, like, I watch movies with my wife, and she'll mm-hmm. ask me, like, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> you know, the whole time. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, here's what's going on. Well, so, something else I would recommend doing, and this is not something I always get to do, uh, but... Uh, go pick up the uh, there. So there were actually uh, a couple of there were a prequel and a sequel written to this story when it originally came out. And there, there's a couple different editions you can get. I have I actually found a PDF of the comics online. Oh, the comics. Okay, I thought you were saying there was so, movies. I was like, oh. no, un- yeah, in, in which would be weird. I, I'm not sure how you would continue on. Uh, but he pick up the, with the son, the son, and he picks up. Yes, his and he does footsteps. pick up with the son. The son actually in the book <laughs> oh, becomes no. Seriously, he does he, in the in the book. His son uh, becomes a priest, huh? And ends up being drawn back into it because someone. It's either a relationship, a relation to Rooney or something. Anyway, he gets drawn back into it, and oh. and so what's what what I always recommend to people is. Whenever you're either rewatching something or even watching something for the first time, if you can read what it's based on, hmm. and um, that might lend you some appreciation as well, because the I, I think this film handles the same narrative better than the comics do, hmm. which is which is I'm you won't hear me say I'm usually one of the book is better kind of guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, but th- that might add another dimension for you as well. Okay. I do like comics. I mean, I like pictures and books, you know. Oh, <laughs> you mean, you <laughs> very mean visual guy, you know. Yes. I mean? No, absolutely. <laughs> All right, man. Proceeding on, it is time for the top 3. This is a piece where we choose the top 3 of a genre and order them accordingly, number 1 being the best. Okay? So the genre from this episode is film noir. <laughs> Woo! Hey, you did it! I know that right? was beautiful. <laughs> Say, do it again. Film noir. The French oh, came up with it. Like beautiful. as you were saying, I did my research. The French came up with it. It means dark film, though. Just so in case you didn't mm-hmm. know, I want a little piece of information. So uh, it's the style of filmmaking character- characterized by cynical heroes, simple lighting effects, frequent flashbacks. That's a tongue twister. And complex plot elements. That's a tongue twister too. The genre was prevalent mostly in American crime dramas, 
You know, they had the PIs. My partner yes. was murdered. Hand me another Sagasi of yeah. the post World War Oh man, War that was a, that was a pretty that was a pretty wicked Edward G. Robinson impression. If you see some see, of the old films, Edward like, G. Robinson, you like too many of these because I have no is, idea who that is. Is is uh, is in a lot of them. So you sounded just like him. That was actually pretty impressive. I gotta oh, say. Thank you. I have no idea who that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> I have to look him up. See, I do this every episode. Every time I get somebody on, they're always like, oh, you got to watch this. And then I'll go watch it. And I'm like, okay, I know a little bit more now. So it's nice. Well, but. and that's the thing, honestly. Film is, I'm a trivia guy. And, and so no! I love factoids. <laughs> that's so. not good because I haven't won a, a cinema trivia in a while. <laughs> oh, I haven't either. I, I, well, no, I mean, I on this more. show, I haven't won in the last two or three i think i might have oh, been oh yeah film trivia oh, i forgot about that yeah I got yeah it's the best part of the show man it's like my favorite part to do but i always uh, i like the last two guys haven't taken it easy on me they've they've kind of they I start easy and i get questions. harder yeah, that's good so do i that's perfect it's perfect all right so my number one for the top three and this is going to be kind of uh the more modern is L.A. Mm-hmm. Confidential. Oh, man, that is a great one. I have not seen that yet, though. What? You yeah, need to watch my, it. It's good. My parents, my parents actually, uh, my, my, we were just talking about that uh, a couple of nights ago. And, wow, that's a great one. Yeah, so see, you've actually seen more noir than you think you have. That's the thing. Yeah, but I had to look it up. I was like, all right, what is some great ones out there? And I was like, oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that. Oh, I like that one. I like that. You know what I mean? So That's exciting, um, though. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I guess I did do you know, not as many old ones. I don't think I've seen maybe like two, and I don't even remember I've what they were. I've seen a total were. of five. If we're going to talk about 1940s and 50s, I've seen five. Wow, I, that's I might... not a lot of them for being such a big fan of them, man. No, that's what I'm saying. Again, <laughs> I, and part of it is, uh, unfortunately, we are limited – uh, and this, I think this would make a fantastic talking point at some point, but I think we're limited in our diet uh, by how that, how those videos or, or how that, how those films are delivered to us. So looks like I need to go back to Netflix discs. I think that might need to be a, that yeah. need to be a thing now. Do they still do that? I think they do still mm-hmm. do that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Huh. It's just, it's not what people talk about anymore. Right. Right. So, it's so much easier just to pay $10 a month and. Get on your, you know, but then you're paying that seventy dollars for that, you know. That or Caleb, we can start here and now and start kickstartering something or fundraising <laughs> to resurrect Blockbuster, which would be a shrewd business move. That, yeah, that's suicide, but it sounds awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Where would all the proceeds Let a man go? Dream. <laughs> uh, all right, what's your number one, man? So my number one would be, and this was this was really tough because I kind of did the same thing you did. I I went and Googled film noir because I've actually there's a you can classify a lot of different things as film noir. I have to say, The Usual Suspects is my number one. The Usual Suspects. I've never seen that, but I've heard there's a classic scene in there where the director just let them roll because they're like lined up to take their yes uh, the lineup right, scene right that was like yes. all ad lib all just kind of made up apparently phenomenal film with a wicked iconic twist okay don't say anymore because I, I haven't not seen it. coming now i want to nope. watch it <laughs> don't no, say anything you know what you know surprisingly uh, uh, this will this might throw you for a curveball okay uh one of it was one of the films that put brian singer on the map he was the one that directed uh, the he's the one that kickstarted Fox's whole X Men universe, 
Um, he was the one. That, <laughs> well, he was the one that started with X Men one and two, yeah. and and then it, of course, went through some rocky patches, and he came back later. But um, d- oh, the whole thing wasn't a marked, rocky patch. <laughs> markedly different from his other offerings, but s- just excellent. I highly recommend that one. Okay, yeah, so that's definitely. my number one. Usual I'll go suspects. check it out. I'll go check it out. So my second one is kind of getting that neo, the neo noir. It's gonna be Gone Baby Gone. Have you ever I've seen, seen that? One. It's, I have not seen that one. If you got Netflix, it's on Netflix, I'm pretty sure. It's one of the Affleck brothers. It is. Uh, ben, yeah, Ben Affleck. Yeah, I think I've heard about this one. No, it's Casey Affleck. Casey is the, the little brother. Let's see here. Casey, oh, uh, it's directed by Ben Affleck, and it stars Casey Affleck, Michelle Monaghan. Oh. Boy, that's a, boy, that's a cast. Morgan Freeman, Ed yeah, Harris. Yeah, Ed Harris was in it, yeah. Yeah. That was uh, God, I, I didn't even know Ben Affleck directed it, but yeah, that was uh, it was pretty good, and you know, okay, a lot of people Ooh, don't this like sounds Ben really Affleck good. for some reason. Dude, I'm telling you, you watch it, and you're gonna be like, oh, that's messed up. That's me. whoa, man, well, I can't believe that happened. It's kind of hard to watch from the very beginning, like kind of some of it's kind of rough to watch, and then the further you get into it, the better it gets. It's really twisty. Um, so I definitely liked it. I enjoyed okay. it. But All right, well, that's one to my list, so Gone Baby Gone. Yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. number two? Yep. What you got? What's your number two? Uh, I'm going to have to go with, I had to get him in here somewhere. I I love I love Christopher Nolan. Uh, he's my hero. Uh, I've seen all of his films except his first one. And his second one, which everyone associates, which everyone mistakenly calls his debut film, uh, Memento, is quintessential noir You've so, got <laughs> Memento. Yes. Dude, I almost watched that, but I watched the trailer for it, and I was like, I know what happens. And I don't know if that's true, but from watching the trailer, I was like, man, this is like classic. Like, everybody knows what's going to happen. You have to see that film. I It, it is... It, it First of all, it has one of the most unique... It, it's, it sets up Nolan's penchant for using and messing with nonlinear storytelling in a way that is a genius. Okay. So, I don't know. Do you know the central conceit of the film? Uh, I know a dude's trying to figure out about his past. Right. But what they don't tell you in the trailer is that the film takes place backwards. So don't say anymore. Don't say anymore. Now I want to watch it. (laughs) It starts at the end. Okay, so get this. It starts at the end. Okay, so you have color sequence. You have... There's, there's, there are these small vignettes that are actually moving forward chronologically. So, from let's say from left to right. Okay, if you can well, imagine this. Wow, you're gonna have to explain line. this to me like after we get off the podcast because that's like. <laughs> meanwhile, you have ten minute segments of the film moving backwards. So you're actually you, there's a chronological cut you can go find, but huh, it's genius. It is, it is pure genius a little bit rough to watch it's got some it's got some language um but utterly and completely incredible experience and i've seen it probably five times and i still have a hard time uh parsing out all the plot lines because again it's i'm watching it back it's backwards so phenomenal it's like the benjamin button of movies yes Okay. Precisely. That makes no Absolutely. sense. <laughs> no, no, well, no, it does though. I'm like, just playing. No, it's younger, right? Yeah. But, that's why. It's uh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> why, why? Why is my DVD wrinkled? I don't understand. Right. <laughs> so number three for me, I gotta watch it now. So you, you convinced me. 
So number three for me is Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. Oh, okay, and the sequel. Okay. Yes, I did. I actually saw the sequel first, which is weird, but I don't know why. But I like Josh Brolin's character like a lot. Well, I haven't why. seen either one of those. What? Dude, that's like yeah. classics, man. That's like one of the classics. Yeah, again, just again, for me personally, personal personal limits, I, I there's stuff in there that I'd, I'd rather not see. But, okay, that's fair. Uh, but I, I actually, I'm, I am familiar with them. I'm familiar with the utterly amazing art style. I mean, wow. Yeah. It's, it's a comic book come to life. Yes, and, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so tell me about it. There's the second one, right? The, well, yeah, so the second, the second one, one. and that, so I had to go back after I watched the second one. I was like, all right, I got to see the first one. Didn't like the first one as much. I thought I would, but the there's this point at the very end of the movie where uh, Josh Brolin's character goes, <laughs> gets plastic surgery, and I was like, dude, that is awesome. And it's also he could kill this chick. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was great. So that's why so I wait, liked so, it, but... So it's a film about him becoming Thanos. That's neat. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> not really, but I know he looks completely different. But it's still him. It's weird. It, it's one of those things where I, it's not something I think I'd watch again. But to explain it to you, I would have to watch it again because it's like I said, film noir is oh, it has, means, yeah, it's, it's got, got the it's complicated and, and you know what I mean. So it's one of those cool. you really have to go back and watch again. But that's just me. Okay. So. What you got for number three? For me, number three, I've oh man, yeah. Um, <laughs> this was tough. This was okay. tough because again, I'm narrowing down a lot of stuff here that I really enjoy. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Michael Mann's Collateral. Collateral. Which, Collateral. Uh, Jamie Fox and Tom Cruise in the oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. my knowledge the only villain role I've ever seen Cruise play. And he does an utterly fantastic job. Uh, Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise. Mark Ruffalo's got a, a small part in it. Um, and as does Javier Bardem. He actually, he's in it for just a little bit. Uh, hmm. And then there's a character actor uh, called uh, Bruce McGill that's in it too. But um, phenomenal film. Very, very, very kind of artsy. And it's and it's the way it approaches its its story and its central conceit, but um, w- totally worth it for Tom Cruise. I'm not. I didn't used to. That was back when I didn't really care for Tom Cruise. He, he had yet to grow on me, <laughs> but he gets better with age for me. Yeah. I, I really enjoy his latest <laughs> stuff. But this film, you won't you won't ever look at Cruise the same way again. Huh? Because he's that. a bad guy. Yeah. He's uh, uh and he's he's uh he's they they get him, he's made up and he's totally gray huh and he wears this 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 gray suit and it, it's just fantastic so i huh. to, to avoid any spoilers i'm not gonna give too many specifics on the the plot um yeah but you're, you're convincing me to like this it. genre more you know what i mean and it but. takes place in la which i grew up there so i there were a lot of shooting locations that i got to see and and well, uh, i'm sorry you had appreciate to see that. yeah i mean i got out i got out before you know it slid into the ocean so <laughs> no, I, was, I meant <laughs> like shooting locations, like pow pow. Oh, <laughs> oh as a kid. Uh, sorry, lame joke. My bad. Oh All right. man, <laughs> do you have an honorable mention? Though? I do. Uh, I'm gonna go with one that's really recent. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's Nightcrawler. Uh, 
I watched which it. Is excellent. I couldn't get into it. It's all right. It's not for everybody. It's one of those that maybe I should watch it again. I don't know. That's it's disturbing. <laughs> it's a disturbing watch. It's and it, it, I think acerbic in the extreme. I think that's the word I'm looking for. It is just relentlessly cynical. Hmm. Uh, but I, I like Jake Gyllenhaal. I thought he delivered a great performance. But yeah, no, it's not for everybody. My dad and I actually got done. We, we watched it together because I shared this stuff with him all the time. It's again hailing back to the the, the OG days of Wizard of Oz. Um, and we watched it together and we looked at one another afterwards and we were like, there is no way anyone else in our family is going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, so that's my honorable mention, I, Nightcrawler. So my honorable mention is going to be Dick Tracy. And wow. That is, I haven't seen that. I watched it when I was a kid, uh, but it's basically just, you know, making, f- it's kind of like a joke, a lot like bringing a comic book to life mm-hmm. and uh, a lot like Sin City, but I remember watching it, it when I was it a really kid. Is it really colorful? Yeah, there's a lot okay. of like really bright primary colors, like the suits. People wear like the purple, the yellow, bright yellow. You know, like I, don't, I guess that that's kind of brought from the comic book. I remember specifically this this one dude has said his name was Babyface, and he had like this giant head and little baby face, <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious, and I remembered that, so that's why it's my honorable mention. But it's still in that same style, you know what I mean? Um, I'll have to check that one out. You're not the first one who's mentioned that to me. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it in a before. really long time, though. So, uh, re- and not a lot of people, not a lot of people our age have seen that either or know about it. So, really? what a, that's a good hmm. pick. I, I'll, I'll have to check that out. I'm, I'm gonna add that one too. Yeah, I'm gonna Spencer. rewatch it. I think. <laughs> awesome. All right. Sweet. Okay. So all these movies are amazing for film noir. Noir. God dang it! I said it wrong again. Jeez. The, that genre, but we have a lot of new films coming to a theater near you, and so it's time for review previews. Okay, so in this section, we pick a trailer we want to talk about, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So something that the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood—that's have you heard about that yet? I have. Surely, surely. Uh, <laughs> our mutual friend Brady Clayton has seen it. Um, what? I okay. he he has he's already he's already seen it thought it was fantastic. Um, I Tarantino's the same thing as Scorsese. I know he's cinematically respected. He's got some content in his films that just for me personally is a little much. Right. Uh, Once upon a time will probably be the first movie I see from him though, uh, because I've heard he's at his most restrained, uh, and I've heard I heard great things. I've, I've it's it's it is a lush. And almost uh, religious homage to the old days of Hollywood, which, yeah, I mean, it's a little older than we're talking here in terms of film noir. It's 60s as opposed to 40s and 50s. But yeah. I, I've heard it's well, I've heard I, it's great. I, f- I felt like with the genre that we're talking about kind of going back to around that time period, that would be the most uh, relatable to this this episode that we're doing. Um but that's the only one that I know of that's recent that's come out uh, that would be close to that time period. And I know it's more like 60s, 70s, but still, mm-hmm. it is still like that um, 
Just like a, you know, like a tribute to Hollywood and to that time period, I think, is more what it is. But I don't know. I haven't seen it. You like you sounds like you've talked to Brady about it, so you sound like you you probably know a little bit more about the movie, but Oh yeah, it's 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 great. Um the 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 previews were electrifying from what I saw. Um I'll probably end up seeing it. Uh we'll see. Uh the the they do things like He'll he'll bring in he brings in real life characters, um, from folks like, uh, like there's somebody he gets to play Steve McQueen for example, and it's just it's just it's full of film knowledge just hmm. full of it, so yeah definitely something I'll be checking out at some point. Yeah, same same here. Um, do you have any that, that are coming out that you want to see or possibly? Yeah, I'm really, really excited about It Chapter 2. Oh, yeah, uh, dude, I forgot about that. Yeah, I the previews are uh, Andy Musichetti, who directs it, uh, I fell in love with his work when I watched um, Mama, which was it's kind of a... You kind liked of that under movie? The, <laughs> it was kind of, yeah, I did. I, I, it, it, I, real it indie was, style, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was a micro budget horror film. I like Jessica Chastain, um, okay. and I really appreciated how I, I didn't I didn't care for the ending very much, but it was odd and 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 creepy and kind of magical. It very much felt like a Del Toro film, uh, Guillermo Del Toro film, and and Musichetti's kind of his his protege. Uh, so when I heard about it, I got really excited, and I I've I've avoided the book because Stephen King, being who he is, tends to go full throttle and to some areas that I'd rather not explore. And I went to the theater and was positively blown away by the new one. It was less a horror film than it was a horror epic, if that makes sense. Yes. I, it has, and, and it, it, it just, it didn't rely on cheap scares. It, it really fleshed out the characters well. So the second trailer comes out, I mean, the first trailer was great, the kind of unsettling single clip they released, but the second trailer comes out, and I'm I'm throwing money at the screen by the end of the trailer. So <laughs> I'm, I am super, I'm super excited for, for that. And um, apparently Stephen King has had some input in terms of a new original ending. Uh, they're going to be adding some additional content that's not in the books, and they're going to be fleshing out some things and patching up some some adaptation errors. See, so, that, that's good. I like that when people do that. Uh, and, and to to it's called an adaptation for a reason, right? It, it's to an extent, though. You know what I mean? Because obviously, like superhero movies, they're they're pulling like you know a lot of different storylines from d- these characters and stuff. But this is like one book. You know what I mean? And one movie or TV series or special, I guess, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I think it's cool that they're changing it because everybody knows what's going to happen. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's good. It's good. I like that. All yeah, right. Super excited about that. Cool. All right. Well, it looks like we got some great movies coming our way. Now it's time for my favorite segment. It's time to play Cinema Trivia. Okay. The rules are simple. Me and my guest ask each other a movie trivia question. Three questions each. Best out of three. With the off chance that there is a tie, we will go into overtime. So I'll start this off. Wait, okay. we, we do get one lifeline, just so you know. If you need a hint, you get one, and that's it for all okay. questions. So I would save it if you can. But, I mean, if you get it wrong first one and I get all three right, then you're out. You know what I'm saying? Sorry. And then but, I'm going to I'm gonna cry on air 
<laughs> no, you're not. No, you're doing fine. I've got this thing of tissues here, like next to me, just for that purpose. So. No, dude, you're about to destroy me. I can already tell. I can't remember names of anything today, so that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You ready? Yes, sir. Lay it okay. on me. Okay. Number one. What was the name of the second Indiana Jones movie released in 1984? Uh, that would be Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yep. Got it. Darn Sweet. it. Ding, 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 ding. Good job. All right, your turn. Uh, I can't believe I'm that was go too fast. With who, who is the director of Back to the Future? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh. See, I told you I was having a hard time with names today. But I knew this, and now, because this is what ticks me off, I did a stinking essay on this dude when I was taking a college class. Ouch. Now it's going to drive me nuts. (laughs) At all. No judgment at all. Because I know a producer, but I don't remember. Would you like to use a lifeline? No, not yet. Just give me a second. Man, now I'm starting to think I should have made my... Make my stuff harder. I gave you some. Because <laughs> he's done so much stuff, but I really want to cheat. Give me. Maybe I need to. If you'd like me to give you some more of. Okay, well, it's a he. No, uh, I, yeah, I know that. Don't, don't give me that hint. I know that. Welcome, uh, Welcome to Marwin was his last film. And he's also known for Flight. He's done some. Uh, he's he's known for motion capture work. So he's done. He did an adaptation of the Christmas Carol. Uh, he did Beowulf. He did Polar Express. It's in there. It's is there a Z in it? Yes, there is. There is a Z. I know there that's is a Z. <laughs> and it's it, in his it feels last like name. It, I, yeah. Zemeckis? Zemeckis? Yay! Zemeckis? Yeah. I don't remember his first name, though. No, it counts. It Does counts. it? We're going to well, count it. Robert Robert Zemeckis. Robert. Uh, I was like, John, Peter. What is it? I knew it was like a basic name. <laughs> I knew once you got to the Z, that was, that was, the, that was the giveaway. Excellent. I can't, I can't. I'm so proud of myself right now. Like I know. <laughs> I would be. <laughs> okay, because I don't remember. I can't remember stuff like that. So I hope all of your questions are like that. Second question. All right, you ready? What, on me. what was Leonardo DiCaprio's character's name in the Titanic? Oh, brother. <laughs> I've, okay, so in my defense, okay. I've only seen this movie once, and it was only the last half, arguably the good half. What? Brady and I are always arguing about this film. I, I do not like Titanic. Um, okay, I, that's fine. I, that's I fine. know he's... Okay, I think I, I, I think I got his first name. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with answer. This is not gonna be my final answer, but we'll see. Jack is his first name. That's right. And I ain't got nothing for the second name. <laughs> I, I almost, I almost changed it to uh, <laughs> what's his last name, but I'm glad I didn't because then you wouldn't have this point. So I'm gonna give it to you. Okay, Ugh. you got it right. His name is hey, Jack. Look, okay, hey, you know what? It's fair. It's fair because I get I didn't use say that. Zemeckis That's true. His last name and I get his first, so together we make a complete name. True, true. So his last name is Dawson. I'm pretty sure. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I didn't write all of my answers yeah. down, so hopefully I didn't. No, that sounds right. Yeah, I'm pretty Oof. sure it's Jack Dawson, so... But yeah, you got it right. I'll never let go, Jack. Yeah, that, a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she, it's line. not like she's. It's not like anybody goes around that movie yelling Dawson. So true, true, Oof. very true. Okay, yeah. all right, I'm ready. Lay it on me. 
Alright, question two. Actor and role with the shortest screen time hmm. for a best actor Oscar win. So who's the what's the actor and the role he played <laughs> for a best actor Oscar? Well that's a double ended question. Uh I don't know if I could do that. I can alright. I, mm, or you can do one or the other. It's up to you. Well, then I'll, I'll say, because I can think of the shortest screen time for something, but I don't think he won an Oscar for it. So, mm, I can tell you an Oscar winner that had a really short screen time. <laughs> hey, let's hear it. It might, it might be the same one. It's probably not, but Brad Pitt in Deadpool 2, he was on screen, on camera for five <laughs> seconds. And he did it for uh, a cup of coffee brought to him by Ryan Reynolds, I think, and maybe something else. But that was that, that was pretty is much the it. Best I heard about that. I, I haven't seen either one of those, but he plays. Uh, he's Vanisher, right? He's the. Oh yeah, like Invisible Man or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I know that's okay, not well, the. I figured that wasn't the answer, but I. It's I, not. But okay. Close. I mean, you're on to the right. How could somebody win an Oscar from a really? Like, how short was the screen time? Twenty minutes. Oh, that's. Well, I kid that, you not. Mm. Twenty minutes. Anthony Hopkins that playing figures. Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. I it's never would have got that. <laughs> it's the shortest amount of screen time for a Best Actor win wow. ever. No one's no one's come close yet. Well, I got that one wrong. So you're you're winning right now. So hopefully you get this next. Well, one and wrong. I feel bad. I probably could. I I because I, 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 I actually when I was looking these up when I was creating these I was like, right. what are some like commonly held? But I'm a film nerd and I might be that, too much of one. See, and that's what I'm saying. I, I tell you, man. Everybody that comes on the show knows like way way more than me about everything about these people in the films. And I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, I like the movie. It was good. <laughs> 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 there was a beginning and there was an end. No, I'm just right, right, right. So no, you're fine. You're fine. I feel. All like right. I'm question fine. number three for you. It's a super easy one, but knowing that you don't watch movies like this really might make it easy on me for you to get it wrong. What did get Zach Galifianakis? What did Zach Galifianakis's character call the baby in The Hangover? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Not even going to try. Brad Pitt. <laughs> no, no. Uh, do you want uh, a hint? Because Dame to kill for. I don't know. I uh, no. I never even. I can give I you a hint. I could give you a hint if you want one. Or right. the next one is overtime. So because if you get this one wrong, then and I get the next one right, I think I'm one for out of two. Then you've won, right? No, I'm one out of two. So if you get this one wrong. Right. We're tied up. <laughs> right. I'm getting nervous. Like my hands are sweating. I know you okay. can't hear that through the mic, but they no. are. Here. <laughs> okay. Put my palms right up against the mic. Oh. Well, it's a good thing we're FaceTiming. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want a hint for this or do you want it for your next one? Because yeah, I'll get. Yeah, I'll get I'm going to save it for the last one. I'm okay. Save it for the last All right. One. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Okay. He named it Carlos. Yeah. Never in a million years would have gotten anywhere close to that. It's yeah. That was my third. Well, but that was my third guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Your turn, man. All right. Number three. Name the actress who plays Sarah Connors in the Terminator. <laughs> if you would have said the actress's name and said what's the character's name, I could have answered it. 
<laughs> like straight up. Oh. I have no idea. I have no. She's I, you returning know for. She's returning for Terminator: Dark Salvation. Dude, I know who she is. I've seen her on Terminator. But you asking me what's the actress's name? I'll tell you Would this: you like if hint? you if you ever beat me on anything, you'll know that it's from me not knowing females' names, like singers and actresses. I'm really bad at them. Like, how really about your bad. wife? My wife's pretty. Just- good. <laughs> well, no, she's pretty good at that. Like, she can guess them. I can't. <laughs> Wait, so no, I was I was asking, can you remember your wife's name? Uh, you said you were bad with female names. I was just wondering if that extended to your wife. No, 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 no. I remember my I'm mom's just, name, just... my grandma's name, my wife's name. That's about it. Oh, good. That's okay. the extent of it. Check. So. And my daughter's name. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Um, all right. But, so all right. Give you... me a hint. Give me a hint. Because this will be my hint, and we'll count it as that. Uh, her last name is the whole title <laughs> of a recently released rap musical about the founding fathers. What? How does that help me at all? I have no idea what that is. That's written a horrible by Manu- Written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Is Miranda the hint? Is the yeah. Mar- <laughs> no. <laughs> You just want to win. That's why you gave me a crappy hint. Dang it. Ah, uh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I I, no I'm idea. not going to lie. This is the most fun trivia uh, duel I have ever had the privilege of participating in. <laughs> what are you in. talking? Just because you're winning. <laughs> well, yeah, that helps. Yeah, yeah, it always makes it fun. Yeah, man, I have no idea. What's the answer? What Linda Hamilton. Hamilton. Melinda Hamilton. Yes, Linda Founding Hamilton. Founding Fathers. Ah, that's funny. Okay, makes sense. All right, looks like we're going to a bonus round, sir. Well, actually, so I got two wrong. You got one wrong. So oh, that's right. You technically won. So congratulations. Congratulations. Okay. I'm do, thir- I get a, do I get a gold star? You you get to go down in history as being the third person that beat me at this trivia game. So, okay, do you, bronze. Do you want your fourth question? Yeah, just I'm just I'm curious. I'm dying to know. Okay, I just I'd like to know. And this is it's funny because you don't watch movies like this, so it, it actually might you might not know. And the Wolf of Wall Street, which is like the most potty mouth movie you will ever watch, <laughs> which uh, is why I haven't seen it. <laughs> right? What did the actors snort in scenes that involved cocaine? Oh, uh, now I bet I know this because of filming techniques. Because I've heard Maybe. Scarface. I, I haven't seen Scarface, but I, I I've heard they do something similar. Um, oh man, this is gonna be I, uh, this is gonna be cool when I figure this out. I mean, when you tell me, and then I'll figure <laughs> it out. If you tell me. Um, <laughs> sugar. Nope. I don't know. What was it? It was vitamins. Really? Yep. So Is that what, they, what was it? What kind of vitamins? I think it was vitamin E, but I might be that wrong. It might be vitamin B. But either way, yeah. So that's the, all they were doing. particular reason behind using that as opposed to something else like baking Just soda? Or? Because it was safe to actually snort. So they actually snorted it up their noses, you know? So 
that is fascinating. See, I love stuff like that. See, that I do too. I awesome. And I learned that from listening to interviews. So if you, that's that's kind of the stuff that I like. You know, that I know not. So all these questions were like answers that I knew. You know what I mean? Not right. Not what I think. Oh, okay, I'm gonna judge this person that's coming on the show and see. Oh if no, they, no, no. Oh, you know I'm what feeling I mean? very judged. I, very, I'm very. <laughs> I'm deeply uncomfortable. See, and I didn't want to relate it to the film <laughs> noir because I know nothing about that stuff. So. It's good that no, we... No, good questions, though. No, did you good. have a fourth? Did you have a fourth I did one? have a fourth. What um, you got? What you got? What famous movie is this line from? You're going to need a bigger boat. Jaws. That's like the easiest... Hey! Hey, I thought you went from hard... I mean, easy to hard, man. That's like the well, easiest question ever. I, I, For me, anyway. I actually would have missed that because I've only really? seen Jaws... I've only seen... <coughs> excuse me. I've only seen Jaws one time. Wow, dude. And you got to rewatch it. I know. It's great. It's so good. It's, it's great. so great. But, uh, yeah, for some reason, I thought dialogue lines totally without context or accent or from the original actor saying them would be harder. But uh, if we're going by those four, I think you might have won. Or at least it's a tie. Well, it, you know, it would be a tie if we went by four. But we went by three, so you are the winner. So congratulations. Big round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Madlack. Patting, my, patting <laughs> myself on the back. <laughs> All right, this portion of Cinema Trivia is for all the listeners, viewers, spectators, film fanatics, and movie buffs. I'm going to play a short clip from a film, and you have to figure out what it is. This will be part of the podcast from now until the show ends. So, I'm going to play this clip, listen closely, and see if you know what movie it's from. But what if she kills us first? I said no! If you think you know what it is, take a screenshot of the cover art for the movie and post it to Instagram with the hashtag FilmFanPodcast. And in the caption, put the title of the movie and which episode of FilmFan you're listening to. If you do this, I will try my best to give you a shout out on the next episode. Alright, so to recap this whole thing, man. We judged the road of perdition. We listed our top three film noir movies. And we ended with some cinema trivia. And we also talked about some of the previews that we like. All fun, all great, but it's time to close things down. So, Ryan, thank you so much for joining me on the show. A pleasure uh, to be here. I had a wonderful time. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Is there anything you want to end with? Some place for them to follow you on, check you out? Uh, visit my Facebook page. I've got a Facebook page. I'm fairly active. You'll see lots of stuff about film and occasional miniature reviews on Facebook. I am currently working on uh, a film blog that will be out eventually at some point in time uh and as soon as i have an official name and branding for that i'll be happy to share that as well but uh hit me up on facebook anytime you like look up ryan matlack on facebook also come visit our facebook page at facebook.com slash film fan podcast check us out on instagram and you can send us an email with any kind of questions or if you want to be on the show uh that's gonna be film fan podcast at gmail.com As always, we'll see you guys next time on Film Fan.